You're listening to Comedy Central. Live from Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah presents World War D. Let's get ready to ramble! Part 1, here's the mission. Democratic debate just ended, and tonight we are coming to you live! Live from New York! Yes! And if you don't believe that we're live, I will prove it. Watch this. Siri, what time is it right now? Moscow is the capital of Russia. God damn it. What? Never understands my accent. We are live, though. You'll just have to take my word for it. And like I said just a moment ago, just a few moments ago, they wrapped up the very first Democratic debates, an epic showdown between nine normal-sized people and Bill de Blasio. (laughs) And the anticipation for this thing was huge, because with the election a mere 496 days away, this was a chance for many of the unknown candidates to introduce themselves to a national audience. They could go from, who is that, all the way to, oh, yeah, that guy. (laughs) No, I'm not gonna vote for him, no. And honestly, honestly, it's really hard for these candidates to stand out because there are so many of them taking part in these debates. 10 people on stage at the same time. It's almost impossible to keep track of who they all are. Yeah, that's actually why I came up with this really simple mnemonic device. You guys can all use it. Uh, you go, uh, brave dancers breathlessly try rapidly jumping canyons, cradling bacon, even while bastard orphans antagonize kangaroos twirling grape jelly inside John Delaney. See? <laughs> it's simple. It's super simple. You remember everybody. Yeah, and if, you, if that's still too hard for you, you can just try this easy acronym. Uh, but, 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 She was chilled out there. You know, she went hard against corporations. She pushed free education. She spoke about how the economy is only working for the very rich. It was all really very standard Elizabeth Warren. You know, it's as normal as seeing a man walking a chicken in Brooklyn. It's every day. (laughs) So basically, it was up to everyone else to try and figure out a way to stand out. And Beto O'Rourke, wow. (laughs) Beto O'Rourke. He knows there's one way to spice up a bland affair. In that vein, some Democrats want a marginal individual tax rate of 70% on the very highest earners, those making more than $10 million a year. Would you support that? Queremos hacer eso. Necesitamos incluir cada persona en nuestra democracia. Cada votar, cada votante necesitamos la representación y cada voz necesitamos escuchar. To hear my answer in English, press one. God damn, Beto O'Rourke. That was a surprise. That was like totally a surprise. This guy was so fluent. I bet half of America thought they flipped to Univision by mistake. <laughs> and it's like, no, press the SAP button. Press the SAP button. And I, I'm not just saying that. I'm not just saying that. Look at how shocked Cory Booker was <laughs> when Beto switched to Espanol. His eyes are just like, wait, 
Wait, what? You, you know that feeling? Have you ever walked into an exam in school and then like you sit down and then another student puts like a protractor on the desk and you're like, what, we need a protractor? <laughs> That's what that face was, panic. <laughs> Absolute panic. No, but for real though, for real. Beto O'Rourke was pretty impressive. And it wasn't just his Spanish, right? He also proposed immigration policies that would end the separation of children and parents at the border. And you gotta admit, it would be cool for America to have a president who's fluent in two languages, right? Would be cool. I mean, would be cool to have a president who's fluent in one language, you know? <laughs> and while Beto O'Rourke was wowing the crowd with his fluent Spanish, Amy Klobuchar came prepared with zingers that were gonna destroy the crowd. <laughs> but every time she tried to land them, her time was up. This president is literally every single day, 10 minutes away from going to war, one tweet away from going to war, and I don't think All we right. should conduct foreign policy in our bathrobe at five Con in the Congresswoman morning. Congresswoman Gabbard. It gives a path to citizenship for citizens, for people who can become citizens. And it would Senator, be so much better for our economy in America. That's time, thank you. Uh, because I can tell you this, uh, if billionaires can pay off their time. yachts, students should be able to pay off their student loans. That's time, thank you. And pharma thinks they own Washington. Well, they don't your, own me. Your time is up. Thank you. <laughs> oh, no. oh, man. You can see, like, she had the lines cocked and loaded. You know that line in the movie where you're like, well, maybe this time. You knew your time is up. No, I was about to say the line. I was about... <laughs> I feel so bad for her. It feels like even if she wins the whole election, this thing would just carry on. She'll be taking the oath of office, like, I will faithfully execute the office of the... Your time is up. No way! I'm the president! <laughs> I feel bad for Klobuchar, but this is always a problem when you're trying to fit an answer about policy into 60 seconds. This was bound to happen. This was the entire night. You know what I would do if I was at a debate? I would just tease my answers. Yeah, yeah. They would ask me a question and they'd be like, what do you think about immigration, Trevor? I'd be like, you know, I've actually solved immigration. I realized there was a problem and I found the solution. And I'll tell you what it is when you come back to me. <laughs> and then everyone in the crowd would be like, no, go back to him, go back to him. Go back. Yeah, and be like, no, Tim Ryan, you speak. You speak, no! <laughs> now, Klobuchar may not have landed many of her punchlines, but she did differentiate herself on that stage by saying that she wouldn't get rid of private health insurance and she wouldn't try to go back to Obama's original deal with Iran. She would look to renegotiate aspects of it. So, Warren was cruising, Beto was fluent, Klobuchar was being her moderate self, and everyone else was just trying to figure out how to get noticed in the debate. I mean, Tim Ryan barely said a word. Uh, poor Jay Inslee, he spent most of the night <laughs> trying to order a drink from a bartender <laughs> who didn't realize he was there. Look at him, just like standing there at the bar, like, okay, 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 okay. Can I take Come on, dude, how are you gonna get the nomination if you can't even get a vodka soda? And the night, the night seemed like it was just gonna be a bunch of people mostly saying the same thing. You know, all the Democrats had similar ideas until Lester Holt brought up healthcare and all hell broke loose. Would you replace private insurance? No, I, I think the choice is, is fundamental hey, to wait, wait. our ability to get everybody yeah, care for. Private insurance is not working for tens of millions of Americans. When you talk about the co-pays, the deductibles, the premiums, the out-of-pocket expenses, it's not working. <laughs> Why are you defending Americans private insurance? Say they like their private health insurance, by the way. It should be noted that 100 million Americans, I mean, I think we should be the party that keeps what's working and fixes what's broken. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that make sense? Oh, 
Oh, the short, bald dude who's also running for president just came out of nowhere and stole that topic and got an applause! <laughs> Even the cameraman was like, who's talking? Who's, who's, who is this person? Where are they? This was amazing, like, this guy came out of nowhere. It's like in the Royal Rumble, where a random dude comes in with a chair and is like, bat, and you're like, who is that? I don't know! <laughs> in case you forgot, that was John Delaney, all right? And actually, he was so feisty during the night, he got a few moments where he, like, got an applause and he made an impact. You know what he should do? He should say his name every time he gets the crowd on his side. That was his mistake. Because <laughs> otherwise, people are like, that guy's cool. Who's that guy? You gotta say your name, like a Democratic DJ Khaled. That's what you gotta do. <laughs> yeah. Every time you end a statement, he should have been like, that's why I say pro-choice. John Delaney! <laughs> bing, 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 bing! <laughs> And I guess, I guess Delaney inspired everyone else on the stage, right? Because people realized, if you're gonna wait for the moderators to come to you, you were never gonna get your chance to shine. You had to push your way into a crowded field. And if there's one person who knows how to do that, it's the seven-foot giant from New York. The way that American citizens have been told that immigrants somehow created their misery and their pain and their challenges. For all the American citizens out there who feel you're falling behind, who feel the American dream's not working for you, the immigrants didn't do that to you. The big corporations did that to you. We need to have a different conversation in this country about guns, but also a different conversation about policing that brings police and community together. We've done that in New York City, and we've driven down crime while we've done it. Put the American people first. Hey, but wait a minute. All right, we are out of time. We're up against a hard break, but we will have much more. Mayor de Blasio will have more. The commercial is coming. Yo, Bill de Blasio. Guy came in polling at 1%. But after this, I'm sure he blew it up all the way to like three, at least. (laughs) Did you see the way he was just jumping into other people's conversations, huh? That, my friends, is a classic New York subway move right over there. (laughs) You don't wait for the people to look at you. You look at them. You look at them. Yeah, that was a classic move. Basically, everyone was being polite and he just jumped up. He's like, hey, yo, good evening, everybody. My name is Bill de Blasio. I'm selling policies for $1. I got ideas on Iran for $2. I'd appreciate your attention. And if I can't get your vote, I'm just asking for a smile. (laughs) So, that was night one of the debates. And to be honest, it was a lot more exciting than most people thought. I know Trump tweeted that it was boring, but he would always think that policy is boring because these people had ideas, they had plans for how they were gonna do it, and they had information about how they were going to run themselves from the White House. And even despite the arguing, everyone on that stage was pretty much on the same page when it came to policies. It was like shades of gray. In fact, they were so similar that Lester Holt at one point just turned into a grade school teacher to try and figure out who was who. All right, we're going to turn to the issue of health care right now and really try to understand where there may or may not be daylight between you. Many people watching at home have health insurance coverage through their employer. Who here would abolish their private health insurance in favor of a government-run plan? Just a show of hands to start off with. So a show of hands, who as president would sign on to the 2015 nuclear deal as it was originally negotiated? Okay, and one more show of hands. Which one of you is John Delaney? Which, <laughs> which one of you? That's me, John Delaney! Bing, 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 bing! So that was it. 10 people kicking off what is going to be over a year of debates and civil arguments. It was stressful and it was live. And if you're ready for an ad break, raise your hand. We'll be right back.
to you live on Debate Night. My guest tonight is a senior political writer for 538. Please welcome Perry Bacon Jr. Thanks for having me, Trevor. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. So, uh, let's get into it. We both watched the debates. What are your initial impressions? So the big thing is, the worst thing you do to debate is like, screw up. And nobody really screwed up tonight. Right. Particularly Elizabeth Warren, who was doing well in the polls, did not make any big mistakes. She did not forget how many agencies she wants to close, for example. She did not screw up, and that was big for her. Do you think that that, that, that was the main thing for, for Elizabeth Warren coming in, was just like, don't lose your top spots? That's what I, because she's got the momentum right now. She's done well, she's like gaining in the polls, so you don't want to make a mistake, forget something, say right. something dumb, and I think she did, and she actually was pretty good to be, you know, not just, she, not just she wasn't bad, she right. actually was pretty good. No, she, in terms she, of explaining her policies yeah, really she well. She seemed solid. She yeah. laid out her policy ideas. She knew what she was coming in to do. And, and genu genuinely, I feel like she had a certain swag about her right. where she wasn't afraid of, of trying to talk over people. She wasn't... She just... She was in command of that stage. And when he asked... When Lester asked who's going to raise their hand for Medicare for All, she was yes. really did, willing to do so. That was yes. a big moment where her and de Blasio... I do think of the also-rans, the people who weren't doing that well on the stage. De Blasio and John Delaney, who I... My guess is John Delaney, not a lot of folks have heard of up to now. But I thought right. he had a pretty right. strong night in jumping in there and getting in there. When you look at the, the policies that were discussed, it seems like all the Democrats were, as I say, shades of gray. You know, it, it, was, it was a spectrum, but it was within a certain oh, palette. Right. Looking at, at, at um, somebody like Amy Klobuchar, she came in, she was a bit of a contrarian to the rest of the group, but she, she seemed like she laid out a pretty good case for why she wanted to do what she wanted to do. What do you think each candidate needs to do to try and get their policy to be the one that's recognized above other policies which are similar to theirs? It's hard. Like, if you're Warren or you're Bernie Sanders, the answer is my policy's way to the left, everybody else. Right. So that's a very clean one. And you saw Delaney tonight basically saying, all that stuff, details, unrealistic, kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. So he's mm -hmm. been to the right of that. But otherwise, I think it's very hard. You saw Castro tonight trying to say, I have the most, uh, I have the best immigration plan. But yes. I wonder for the average viewer if that was a fairly confusing conversation. Yeah, because where he, he started talking about the actual name, name of the, of the bill. Yes, and the I name think of the candidates should the, yes. be, you know. But I do think, I think Castro was emphatic on that issue. And also, he's the Latino candidate. I think people know he's spoken on immigration in great detail. Mm -hmm. He emphasized his background a little bit. I think that that was useful for him as well. Let's talk about the moderators for a little bit, you know, because a lot of these debates <laughs> are determined by the people who sure. are moderating the debates. What do you think of the job that they did? So I like the question where they ask people, I know you made fun of the hand raising because it's like first grade. Right. But it does help you understand what, like the clearest moment it, is, it really does. I know yes. de Blasio and Elizabeth Warren are for, are for Medicare for all and not right. for private insurance. Everybody else isn't. Uh, on Iran, I know that Cory Booker is somewhat different than their candidates, although yes. he, was, he sort of confused that a little bit. Right, because so his hand, he like was in, out, not in, and then he said the thing, then took it he back. He took it back, and it was yeah, confusing. Yeah. I'll give them some credit for not, you know, the control room jobs are hard, and I thought it was good they didn't bash their colleagues by name who were not, right. you know, sort of not doing that. Well, I thought the mod I thought there were some questions that were great, some that were not great. I think it's a really hard job. The thing that I thought was hard to deal with in fact was like Inslee, particularly, these guys are all trying to jump in and say, I want to talk, I want to talk, yes. I want to talk like a first grade class again. So I think they they did a good job kind of... The t I looked at the time balance, mm -hmm. and Warren and Booker spoke the most, I think, but it was it was not unbalanced. Tim Rang got to probably speak the least, is what I think I saw. Right. But everybody got to talk some, so I thought the moderators did a pretty good job. They were, you know, in terms of asking questions. If you look at the impact of a debate, I mean, it, it, it's fair to assume that most of the people watching these debates would probably be left-leaning or Democrat, you know? Once it becomes national, it feels like more people tune in because now they want to see policies against each other. If 
somebody from a red state were to tune in, and I know this is close to you, you know, because, because of where you're from, if someone tuned in from a red state, what policies do you think they would have seen today where they would have gone, oh, yeah, that, that, that message appealed to me as somebody who lives and votes red? You know, I don't, you know, I live in Kentucky just for the audience. I mean, I don't know that anything sort of jumped, like Tim Ryan, I think, did the best job of saying, I'm, you know, he talked about the opioid crisis. Yes. He did a good job, actually. He sort of named, he sort of name-checked parts of Ohio. And yes, I, he right. talked about risk in America. Klobuchar did, right. too, in terms of talking about she wants to unify all people. I think mm-hmm. those were pretty good answers. But I do think it's going to be hard. I'll be curious what Joe Biden does tomorrow, because he's the person, I think, that's most trying to do that. Although I emphasize one thing to note is that, in general, we find is that a lot of people don't actually watch the debate itself, even though they tell us they do later. They, you know, people all, everybody votes until you look at the numbers and then so people right, didn't. Right, 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 and right. what you find is the biggest thing is like what happens in the viral moments. Like a lot of people don't watch the debate and what gets covered the next day ends up having as big of an impact as actually what is said oh, that's in the interesting. debate. So what the news covers in other words. So my guess is tomorrow will be Dil, Bill de Blasio yells mm-hmm, and people will, mm-hmm. will get out there, for example. Right. You know, Castro took on Beto. I yes. think that'll be a moment. Right. Tulsi Gabbard talking about how we should get all troops out of Afghanistan. That might be a moment. So I think the key thing is, can you create... I think the, the world is now kind of a viral moment world. Which, is, which, is, think... which, is, which is bad, because I, when it comes to a debate like this, you want the nuance, you, you want, want the, the fuller context. Now it seems like things are going to be distilled into moments. So through that lens, which moments do you think stood out where you go, that person did a great job of branding that? Because I was watching it, and for the most part, as much as Castro was emphatic... I found that the branding was lacking. If, you, if you're not familiar with policy, if you don't yes. know what the numbers are, it didn't connect with you. Which people do you think had the clearest moments of branding where you go, that's stuck in someone's head? The clearest, I thought, were one, Bill de Blasio said private insurance doesn't work. It has all these right. problems. I think that was very clear. Right. John Delaney, a few different times, said, all my arrivals have dumb plans that'll never happen. And I'm real. <laughs> he was very blunt about that. Right. I think that will come through. And I think Tulsi Gabbard, she mentioned that she served in Iraq. And I think the, the fact that she was so emphatic about saying we should have no troops in Afghanistan yes. and no one should be dying there. Those are the three comments. And I think Warren, over and over again, said, I'm a populist. The big companies are doing too much to hurt the yes, little guy. Yes. I think her message broke through. I would say who didn't break through to me, Booker and Beto were two people I thought when this race started could win. And I still think they're not doing well in the polls. And as far as I watch, when I think about this debate, neither one of them said anything or made a moment that I think right. helped them that much. And I think they need to start having those moments to get into that top five. Well, this was night one. Thank you so much for joining us. It was more exciting than most people anticipated. Yes. Appreciate having you here. Thanks, Trevor. 538, Perry Bacon Jr., everybody. <laughs> The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.